This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. USDA's March supply demand report for is for lower corn exports, larger ending stocks. USDA lowered corn exports by 75 million bushels, reflecting poor export sales and shipments. That increased corn ending stocks to 1.3 billion bushels. USDA lowered soybean ending stocks by 15 million bushels on better export demand and better than expected shipments through February. U.S. soybean ending stocks pegged at 210 million bushels. USDA made no changes to the wheat numbers. USDA raised global corn ending stocks, lowered soybean and wheat ending stocks in Wednesday's supply demand report. Brazil's production was left unchanged from February, while Argentina's corn and soybean production was cut. USDA cut Argentina's corn production 7 million metric tons from the February WASD report to 40 million tons. Soybean production was cut 8 million tons to 33 million tons. Clayton Pope Commodities President Clayton Pope, a little disappointed in the market reaction following that supply-demand report. I think there was an initial flurry to the upside, especially in beans when the numbers came out because they did cut Argentina more than the trade had expected. But I think on further reflection on those numbers, they really only dropped both corn and beans uh, down to uh, uh, what so many of the private and foreign governments have been saying here for quite a while. Um, so in, in all considered the only real shock wasn't the numbers themselves um, as much as the fact that USDA kind of stepped out of their normal real conservative approach to this stuff so um, like I said it, it popped up at first but you know really these numbers probably aren't that far off from what the market was trading pre-report. And that supply-demand report has corn carryout at 1.34 billion bushels. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says the corn exports were lowered, but she wouldn't be surprised by another another drop. That is a carryout that is 75 million bushel larger than the prior month, and that all came on exports being decreased by that 75 million bushel. And that, I think, is a very justified movement, and I would not be surprised if you even see them end up cutting exports even further for corn if we don't start to see some private sales. Exports are running 15% behind the average pace. Uh, inspection, so your shipping of the grain is even worse than that. And so we're really struggling to see this demand show fruition for the corn market. And so they came in here, dropped that, and they dropped the average price uh, by 10 cents to 660. Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Brian Stromas says traders actually appeared to be position, or evening some of those positions ahead of the weekend. You know, with long fund liquidation, uh, larger acreage estimates being talked about for corn and sluggish export sales kind of hanging over that market. Uh, the wheat market, you know, oversold, maybe some short covering coming into play. Uh, but the export sales were poor this week. And, and then you talk that uh, the Black Sea Agreement, uh, you know, might be renewed here as well. And, and that continues to uh, uh, be in the background. And Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo said the wheat and corn markets appear to be acting more like an asset class rather than commodities. Related to the supply-demand fundamentals, and the, and the converse is true, I think, when it comes to the soy complex. It seems to be picking up a lot more of the friendly, the price-friendly soy uh, production numbers going down in both Argentina and Brazil, even after the USDA crop report took it lower uh, at midweek. And then those supply-demand fundamentals seem to be holding up the soy complex a lot better. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Farmers and ranchers have a lot of choices to make. When it comes to your crop insurance needs, 
the team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services can simplify it all for you. Egg Country's Optimum tool will compare thousands of options based on information from your farm, which will then be used to find the right policy for your operation. Ask about the Optimum tool by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country, focused on egg, focused on you. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more. Look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Iowa and Nebraska Attorney Generals are suing the Environmental Protection Agency for delaying the year-round sale of E15 of 15% ethanol blends. Earlier this month, the EPA issued a plan to waive restrictions on year-round E15 sales, but the rule doesn't take effect until next year. The House has passed a resolution voicing its disapproval for the Biden administration's Waters of the United States rule. The resolution now moves to the Senate. North Dakota Congressman Kelly Armstrong highlighted the bipartisan vote, calling WOTUS a violation of private property rights. And Commodity Classic brings together corn, soybean, wheat, and sorghum growers nationwide. Egg Secretary Tom Bilsack addressed Commodity Classic this week. This follows the release of the President's 2024 budget, which calls for just over $30 billion in discretionary budget authority for USDA. That's nearly a $4 billion increase from what was enacted last year. The increase includes additional funding for child nutrition and climate programs. In a statement, Vilsack said the budget delivers effective, innovative, science-based public policy leadership at home and around the world. Crop insurance was left unchanged with the exception of a cover crop incentive program that would pay farmers $5 an acre to use cover crops. According to Bloomberg News, Canada is asking for formal consultations with Mexico over its restrictions on biotech corn imports. That follows similar action by the United States. Canada does not export much corn, but is concerned other biotech events could be impacted by Mexico's decision. The integrity of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement is also a concern. And Egg Secretary Tom Vilsack also spoke at the National Farmers Union Conference this week. Vilsack announced funding for expanding market opportunities. Roughly $89 million is going to go into our intermediary relending program. This is a lending program that provides credit to independently owned and operated processing capacities to expand, to get equipment, whatever their needs are. This is in addition to the money that we've put into expanding market opportunities for 278 processing facilities that now can, will begin to sell across state lines, in addition to the 30 processing uh, projects that we've uh, provided $150 million to, uh, to be able to expand capacity in a variety of states. Vilsack says there will be more announcements and effort put into expanding processing, and also announced a new proposed rule around product of the USA labeling. The proposed rule that we're putting out today would say, if you want to use this label, or you want to made made in the USA label for beef, poultry, processed eggs, pork, you can only do it if the credit was raised here, born here, raised here, slaughtered here, and processed here. This new proposed rule would issue a new regulation restricting product of the USA labels on meat, poultry, and eggs to animals born and raised in the U.S.
The proposal would effectively close a loophole that allows products repackaged in the U.S. to be labeled such. And the Midwest is experiencing a large number of unfilled rail orders. The bulk of reported unfilled railway orders are concentrated in upper Midwest states like North Dakota and Minnesota. American Farm Bureau Federation economist Daniel Munch says a combination of weather and labor are to blame. We have frigid temperatures and massive amounts of snow uh, hitting tracks, so that makes it more difficult for the railways to move uh, rail cars. So that's probably number one why it's particularly in that region. I also mentioned that BNSF uh, is making up 80% of those unfilled orders and obviously in the upper Midwest BNSF uh, railroad is one of the most important class one railroads for moving grain. And then lastly, uh, one of the, the main re- reasons we've been, we've been tracking recently is labor shortages within railroads. So once the pandemic hit, you had a lot of class one railroads lay off employees and it's been really hard for them to get those employees back over the past few years. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Have you adjusted your crop insurance policy to reflect the increase in commodity prices and input costs? Hi, this is Bethany Rents, crop insurance agent with Irie Insurance. We want to partner with you to provide you a comprehensive policy structure to protect your farm's revenue and preserve your equity. Give us a call today to set up a time to meet with an Irie Insurance agent prior to March 15th. For contact information, please visit our website at irieins.com. You're protected and appreciated at Irie. Irie Insurance is an equal opportunity provider. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. This Week in Weather, a production of the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. The National Weather Service has winter storm warnings, watches, and advisories posted uh, through Sunday. Possible 9 to 12 inches of snow expected across the eastern North Dakota. Winds gusting as high as 50 miles an hour. World Weather Incorporated Senior Ag Meteorologist Drew Lerner says the snow could be pretty impressive. We could easily pick up uh, between now and uh, the end of the weekend. We could probably see easily 6 to 12 inches of new snow everywhere uh, except near the Canada border. And there is potential that we could see a few spots maybe coming up to, uh, gosh, maybe 12 to 18 inches perhaps in parts of Minnesota. Lerner says the start to spring will be wet, but it won't stay that way. Definitely going to be a different uh, different situation this year. We've definitely got some moisture out there now that we haven't had. Um, it, it's not going to it's not going to stay real wet for a while. We'll break it up a little bit, but it will get wetter again later in the summer. So, we've got a lot of moisture that's going to be around. Uh, I think for areas north of the border in Canada, it's probably going to be fairly wet. There may be some areas in North Dakota that get fairly wet too. I think the further southeast you go into Minnesota and South Dakota, a little bit better situation will evolve. And learner expecting a fair growing season. There's going to be a potential for a ridge of high pressure to build up across the central part of the country and as that happens it's going to dry out at least a portion of the Corn Belt and also the part of the Central Plains. Uh, it's debatable right now how far north that's going to go and how significant it'll be but most likely the Northern Plains and the upper Midwest are probably going to have a fairly good growing season I would think. 
National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, uh, put 2022 weather-related crop losses at $21.4 billion. Of that total, $11 billion were covered by crop insurance, and the other $10 billion were not insured or did not qualify for existing risk management programs. Droughts and wildfires counted for the vast majority of those crop losses. And uh, Noah also saying that the long-running La Nina climate system has finally come to an end officially after three winters, with the climate now in neutral Enso and possibly forming into an El Nino system late in the summer or early fall. Paraguay and much of Brazil will see regular rounds of rain and thunderstorms over the next couple of weeks, maintaining favorable crop conditions but slowing field work. Rains will be the greatest from central and northern Paraguay into Mato Grosso, eastward to Sao Paulo. Portions of western and southern Argentina will benefit from regular rounds of rain through the middle of next week, while hot and dry conditions will occur elsewhere. World weather says rains will fall on most western and southern areas of Argentina next week. With spring around the corner, mass bird migration is expected to begin soon. Animal Industry Board South Dakota veterinarian Dr. Beth Thompson says the threat of highly pathogenic avian influenza will rear its head again. This virus that we have seen beginning in, in 2022 um, has not stopped into 2023. Just recently, Pennsylvania has had a handful of cases. And when I say a handful, I want to say at least five to ten cases within the last couple of weeks including a couple of large turkey farms. So while viruses, we tend to think in the winter, may go away, this virus has not. And whether that means that our environment has been contaminated to the point that we continue to see an infection, or if there's some wild waterfowl that are contributing to the issue. Thompson says recent weather may have changed the migratory path temporarily, but poultry producers need to be prepared and make sure biosecurity efforts are in place. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Weeds. Disease. Markets. If you grow dry beans, Weeds, you're dealing with disease, crop management pressures markets, all season long. Weeds, and while you're disease, tough enough to handle the pressure, markets, your dry beans aren't. That's why there's BASF. Markets, Our dry bean crop weeds, protection solutions relieve the pressure with better control start to finish. Contact your BASF retailer for better dry bean solutions all season long. Check out the Job Opportunities in Agriculture tab on the Red River Farm Network website. The North Dakota Soybean Council is seeking a finance and compliance administrator. Recent job postings also include AURI, seeking a business development director. True North Equipment has an opportunity for a corporate service manager. RD Offutt Farms and Dakota Ingredients also have career openings. Visit the Job Opportunities tab at rrfn.com. That's rrfn.com.